0: That uh, here's what I like to do. I would just like to take a few minutes and um, and and look at our passage for today, Nehemiah chapter eight. Um, man, there there's so many beautiful things happening right now uh, that I love to comment on, and and and. But I am going to take just a moment and, and do one. I was talking to Mark Gillespie right before the uh, service started, and uh, we were looking at you know the the the. I don't know. You called this. What were you calling this? The center or the. The walls down, the, the play center, the, the, all that kind of stuff, and that, the, everything that's happening there. And, um, and we were chatting a bit, and, and he said, you know, I just pray that, that this place is a place of, of peace, and like where the Holy Spirit just is like in the fabric of this very place. And, and, and honestly, this is what I'd like to do. I'd like just to take a moment and pray for that. Uh, many of you guys have heard the story that I've shared about the miraculous uh, home that God's provided for us and uh, we've been working on that quite a bit uh, down in Newcastle, um, and, and I honestly cannot count uh, how many times we've had uh, strangers and friends and family come on that property already and say to us, the peace in this place is, is unlike any I've ever experienced before. Uh, some people have said, man, this place has good vibes. Um, One gentleman, uh, just this last week, came walking around our back garden, had his hands like this, his eyes closed, and he looked up towards heaven, and he said, this is the most peaceful place I've ever been in my life. Does not know Jesus. It was like he was worshiping. Oop, he didn't even know it, but that's what he was doing. It has nothing to do with us, but here's what I want to do. I just want to pray that as people uh, experience the presence of God, the manifest presence of Jesus when they walk onto that property, that the exact same thing will happen as they continue to overflow here. Because that's, that's what this is about, right? And that's why we're here today. We're here to know Jesus, to celebrate him, to experience him. When two or three are gathered together in his name, he's manifest amongst us. So every single mom and child that walks through these doors and into happy days, that they may say with their mouth, man, there's something about this place that I can't understand. And it gives us the opportunity to go, well, let me tell you why you experience that. Let me tell you the name of the person that is the Prince of Peace. Let me tell you about him. And so can we just take a moment and, and do that? Can we just pray for that? We're, we're doing lots of praying for things, and I feel like it's just kind of in line with what we're doing this morning. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you for the vision that's been released. God, I thank you that, that Jesus, that you are you, 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 ha- you care about places and spaces. And God, we know that you occupy us, that we are the temple, that, that our bodies were actually created to hold your very presence, your Shekinah glory. But yet, God, there's something that, that sometimes you choose specific places and, and spaces to where uh, as Mark said, the, the fabric of the spirit is interwoven in such a way that, that people realize that heaven is touching earth there. And so God, that is a my request that is our request is that just as much as people have walked through these doors and into this room and into the crush rooms and the children's rooms and and they they've had an encounter with jesus our prayer god is that the holy spirit would be so present would be so welcome that people would walk in these doors just like they have down at the glebe and they would begin to worship and not even know it That they would begin to worship Jesus before they even know who he is. And so God, we bless Stuart, we bless the the whole crew that's leading all that up. God, that there would be volunteers like crazy. That there would be just an, an immense sense of your presence where people encounter in Jesus and their lives would be transformed and changed forever. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Really, guys, I, I, I just have a, a, a reminder for us this morning. I really have felt just a sweet sense of God's spirit this morning. Um, I, I, was telling, I was telling Gary on, uh, just, just this morning, I was sitting by the window. It was open. A cool breeze was coming in. I was, of course, enjoying a good cup of coffee. But I was just sitting with Jesus. And I was like, I told Gary, I was like, I could have just stayed there, like, for the rest of the day. Like, Seriously. And I just feel like that this morning. I was, walk, I was just looking around this morning as we were worshiping, and there's just something in the air this morning. I don't think it's just tiredness. I don't just think I, there's something about God's peace this morning that, where we can just center in and let the Word of God wash over us. You know, Ephesians chapter 5 uh, speaks of that, and it talks about how the Word of God actually washes over us and actually cleanses us and sanctifies us. And so just for a few minutes, as, as we are on this journey in Nehemiah, really that's what chapter 8 is all about. It's about the power of the Word of God. It's about the peace of the Word of God. It's about the plumb line of the Word of God. And I, I'm not going to take the time to read the whole chapter this morning, but I do want to highlight a few parts. And so if you do have your Bibles, just go ahead and look there. You know, again, I, I, I can't get my, my, my head and heart around about how timely Going through this, bu- this book has been as we talk about emerging and, and coming out of a season into a new one. And of course, you know, we find ourselves in, in, in chapter 8 and we meet this new character, Ezra, and actually he's not new. He's, he's been around Jerusalem for such a time, and he, he was really integral before even Nehemiah came back to Jerusalem, and he helped reestablish the temple. So the temple had been had fallen, but God's order of things said, in order to get things right, we need to get the temple established first. So Ezra was a part of that movement about rebuilding the temple, right? So Ezra was around when Nehemiah came back in and started rebuilding the walls. So the temple had been restored. The place where God resides had been restored, but then they had to build walls of protection. They had to build a a place of security. They had to build a place that fortified themselves against the enemy, right? And we see now that all of the repairs, all of those things had been uh, done. And so they were protected. But then we see like the next step of the phase of what God is doing when he's restoring his people to be the people again. Because don't forget, they had been in another land for 70 years. They had gotten caught up in a different culture for 70 years. And they were there because it was by the hand of God to discipline them, to correct them, because they had strayed away. They had lost their way. But God was now reorienting them. He was giving them the center of worship. He was giving them a place of protection. But now as we see, the people of God said, we need something more. And that's where we pick up in Ezra, sorry, not Ezra chapter 8, Nehemiah chapter 8. And what they said is, we need the word of God. Ezra 8 verse 1 says this, and all the people gathered as one man. At the square which was in front of the water gate, and they asked Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses which the Lord had given to Israel. Then Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men, women, and all who could listen with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. He read from it before the square which was in front of the water gate from early morning until midday. Did you guys hear that? He read from the law of God in front of all of these people from probably 6 a.m. until noon. Now, I don't know about our attention spans these days, uh, but I know that would probably be a struggle for me. But there was a hunger in the air. There was a reformation in the air. Perhaps the Spirit of God was moving to create a hunger for the ways of God, the plumb line of God, once again, those who, they were, all those who were gathered, who could understand, and all the people were attentive to the book of the law. So Ezra the scribe stood at a wooden podium, which they had made for this purpose. And then all of these people were standing on his right hand, and I'm just skipping their names for now, and all these people on their left hand. Ezra opened the book inside of all of the people, for he was standing above all of the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen. While lifting up their hands, then they bowed low and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And then there was talks about these other men who were there, and it says this, They were there to explain the law to the people while the people remained in their place. They read from the book, from the law of God, translating to give the sense so they could understand the reading. And it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful what's ta- what, what has taken place here. Because what God began to do is he put it into the hearts of the people. This wasn't just an act of Nehemiah as the leader to say, Hey guys, what we need right now in our lives is the, is the word of God. And so Ezra, get up here and read it. If you look back, it says all the people gathered as one man at the square in front of the, fr- in the, uh, in the, front of the water gate. And they asked Ezra to read it. It's a beautiful picture of a place where the people of God were in this period of time. They were saying, we're hungry. We need a good meal. We, we, we need to hear from God in this hour. We need the word of God. Ezra, get up there. I, I don't know about you, but I've not experienced that too much where people are like, you know, thrusting the preacher up on stage. Get up there. We want to Listen. You know, but this is where they were at. This was their idea. This was them saying, we've got to hear from the Lord. And at that time, all, what they had is they would have had the books of Moses. They would have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's probably all that they had at this time. And so they were sitting there, and they were letting Ezra read this over them. And it said then what they did is they put people in place so that they could teach and help people understand what it was that they were hearing. And I'm not going to read this section, but as you go on and keep reading, what happens is, is the people begin to weep. I've just got a very simple question. When's the last time that we've received of the Word of God that has moved us in that kind of way? Where where we've been so receptive, so open to the Word of God. And maybe you have these times, and I pray that you do, in your quiet times with the Lord personally. But I love this because this is a picture of a corporate gathering where the Word of God is delivered in such a way where it stirs up uh, the hearts and the minds, the very fabric of who people are, that they began to weep. Now, it doesn't say why they wept. We can look into that a little bit in that, in, in that position. But my guess is a part of it is because they didn't have it. For 70 years, they didn't have the Word of God spoken over them. They didn't have the word of God present within them. And so not only was the word of God in and of itself powerful, but the word of God gave them the direction. It gave them the thoughts of God, the plans of God, and even more than that, the word of God reveals the very essence of who God is. And that's a powerful note and a reminder for all of us. And I think about this summer, I think about the fact that we're in it, and I know even myself have wondered and going, oh man, I would love to get away on a holiday, and God bless holidays, and I still want to have one if I can, or of some sort or another, trying to find little adventures I can do, take a break, all that kind of stuff. But I wonder if maybe this summer, like like maybe the Lord's like saying, man, use some of your extra time. And, 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 And don't just get in the book, get in me through the book. Let, 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 me, let me reawaken something fresh again by the very word of God to give you a plumb line, to, to give you a sense of, of centering, to give you a sense of what I'm saying in this hour, and, and let the word of God move us once again. Hey guys, I'll be honest. You know, I went to Bible college, and one of the hardest things about Bible college and coming out of that was not to see this as a textbook anymore. Because for four years, this became a textbook. And it took probably two times that long, if not longer, and someday still struggle, not just to read this as a textbook, but to let this, i.e., Jesus himself, manifested through the word of God, read me. And some of us that have been in the church for a long, long time, we need to come to the Lord in our quiet times. We need to come to the Lord when we come on a Sunday morning and go, Jesus, like, I just want to repent like I've become dry to your word. I may know it really, really well, but there's a freshness that I need in it, God. And it's just simply just going, Holy Spirit, fall afresh on me as I read from your word. Let me see Jesus in a new facet, in a new life. Speak to me into the situations that you've placed me in. And even more than that, God, take me deeper into your heart because I want to know you. This is all what the word of God can give us. And then what if we as a people submitted ourselves then once again to the public reading of Scripture, to this kind of thing where we were so moved. You see, I, we, we've talked about this journey for God's people here through, through the story of Nehemiah. It, it, it's a story of like uh, um, reforming and rebuilding, which shifts into a place of, of revival, but then it kind of comes out into reformation. And that's exactly what we see happening here. There's a rebuilding and a repairing work, but what we're seeing now is now people are starting to experience the very person of God again. They begin to place themselves under his authority. They place themselves under what he says is best for their lives. And they come with a repentant, contrite heart, and it moves them to the point of weeping. It moves them to a point of going, Oh, dear God, we're sorry. We're sorry for what we've, what we've forgotten. We're sorry for the ways in which we've strayed. We're sorry for, 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 for uh, ch- choosing to live in our own kind of way instead of letting your word wash over us and us putting our trust into who you are. But it's interesting, because what Ezra, Nehemiah, and the leaders begin to tell the people right then and there is this, guys, today's not a day of weeping. Today is a day of... Of celebration. They actually say this is a holy day. It's set apart. In God's alignment of time when the people of God return to the word of God it becomes a holy moment. You know, again, we've talked very often through this series about as we step back for a second and look at where we are in the midst of the world right now and everything going on in the world, everything going on in this nation and, 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 and all of the upheaval and all this stuff going on, we find it very, very interesting that um, we, we see these parallels, if you will, of what God is doing in the world and what, how God is moving in and through the book of Nehemiah. And so it makes me think about going, man, God, like... Like maybe, maybe this isn't just a time of of, of mourning. Maybe this this isn't just a time of of being still. But maybe this is a time of understanding the the, the time and the season where you've anointed this to bring about a, a, a reworking and a renewal and a revival within the bride of Christ. Where we would get back and lost in your word again. Where we would get back to the ancient paths as Jeremiah talked about. Where we would get back to even as the book of Deuteronomy says, when God says, I'm going to give you my word and I'm going to actually write it with the finger of God. The Ten Commandments were written with the finger of God. And, 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 and God gave Moses the beginnings of what was the law of God and the scripture of God. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, they said, this is so important, I want you to write it on the door frames of your house. This is so important. I want you to fasten it to your wrists and fasten it to your foreheads because this, the essence of what I'm giving you is actually your life. And with it is an attached, the most immense blessing if you will abide by it, if you will live by it, if you will counter the God of love and compassion in it. And I think about a world right now that we live in and I have to wonder why is it that we know the Bible so, so well, and we could probably argue every single doctrine along the way, which is important. Well, not maybe not to argue it, but to know it. But yet the world is probably further away from the truth and the plumb line of Scripture. And dare we say that the church of Jesus maybe is, so, is more away than ever before from the plumb line of who God is. And we need a renewal. We need a revival of the Word of God in our own lives. We need a reverence and an awe to the word of God in our own lives. And guys, I'll just tell you, it it, it impacts me. But he says, I don't want you to walk away heavy-handed in this. That's what Nehemiah and Ezra are saying. They said, actually, this is a good day. Because whenever we return to the Lord, whenever we return to his ways, whenever we return to the power of the word of God, it's a day to rejoice. Because we know that what will happen is everything that God has for us. And it's just simple. And this is all I want to leave you guys with today is this. Is, are you cultivating? Are you cultivating and letting the word of God cultivate in your own life? Are are, are you doing that in your families? And I look around, I see all these little little babies and kids. And I'm thinking, man, what an awesome opportune, opportune time to change generations. Are you reading the scripture over your family? Like, It's that easy. You know, I don't read the scripture over my family every day, but we go through, we go through seasons and months and weeks and, and, and th- where we read the scripture together. You find out what works for you. But there's a beautiful thing. It's why God says, like to the passage I just referenced in, in Deuteronomy, about, he says, declare this to your kids. Say it over. Talk about it as you go about doing this. Talk about the word of God like chew on it, meditate on it, it's our food, read it over each other, declare it, know it, because in that, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, it says, because then your kids, the next generations, will follow by it, tell them the amazing stories, because they may have forgotten or they may not experience what you've experienced but they because they hear about the faithfulness of God and get to know the faithfulness of God that's in the word of God then they will spring from that place and experience Jesus in their own beautiful way can i encourage you that in this in this summer read it, the word of God let it let it let it nourish you let it be like the manna of heaven that God gave the Israelites as they walked in the desert where he provided and gave them something new every day. The word of God can give us that. Now finally this, and the rest of, of, of Nehemiah chapter 8, is just this really, um, as they read the word and they read of the law of God, they realized that in it uh, they were supposed to be um, celebrating and so they were supposed to be celebrating the Feast of Booths, one of the three festivals that God says you're supposed to celebrate every year. And it actually says in, the, in Nehemiah chapter 8 there, it says they hadn't celebrated that feast since Joshua came into the Promised Land. Now, I don't know how many years that was. But, but, but see, guys, I, and let's just be honest. Like I know, I know, I, I go through seasons where it's like, I'll get dry. And for whatever reason, I let the things of the world, the worries of the world, my own time constraints and all that, keep this thing closed. I hate to admit it, but I've, I've been there, right? I try to open this thing up every day. I try. But there are times where I let this thing stay closed too long. And I can tell you this. When things start to go awry in my life, if I start getting off center in some way or another, I can almost always trace it back to those periods where... I'm doing it out of duty. I'm reading out of duty. Or I'm not even saturating myself in the word of God at all. And I dare you to use that as a litmus litmus test for your own life. Because with the word of God comes a blessing. And it's not just because of something that we should do every day. It's not just because it's a part of your devotional reading. All that stuff, is good. But it's because within it is, is is the mysterious essence of God himself. We all know the passage for the what? The word of God is living and active, Hebrews 4 says. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It's able to penetrate our soul and our spirit. Why are there so many souls that are troubled? Maybe it's because they don't have the word of God coming into them right? Whether it's through scripture, whether it's through the public reading of scripture, whether it's through teaching, whether it's through a rhema word, a prophetic word, because they don't have the word of God. This is the work of the word of God. Paul says to Timothy, he goes, hey, don't stop reading the scripture. Timothy was a young apostle sent out. He goes, if I can teach you anything, if I can remind you of anything, Paul or Timothy, don't stop reading scripture over yourself and don't stop reading it over the people. I would say that's a pretty cool or pretty important commandment to remember or or charge to remember from Paul the Apostle to say if you want to see transformation in the area you are, if you want to see a church uh, be transformed and move forward, the word of God is so, so important. So that's it. It's just a fresh reminder for us this morning. It's just a fresh reminder to say within this book, And it feels funny even. It feels funny to say in this book because it's so much more than a book. Isn't it? It's one of the great mysteries of our faith is that men and women recorded these things inspired by the Spirit Himself, instructed by the hand of God Himself to record who God is, what God has done, And how that thousands of years ago relevantly feeds us, sustains us, corrects us, rebukes us, encourages us, protects us, and feeds us each and every day of our life. So just as the scripture says, don't neglect meeting together, I think it's fair to say we could take the the, the scripture itself and say... Don't neglect the word of God, because within it, you'll find the very living God himself, and he will give you every single thing that you need. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the the ease of this morning. I thank you for the grace of this morning. I thank you for the, the cool of the day of this morning. Like, that's what I really felt this morning as I walked in. I was like, man, there's just an essence, God, of just enjoying the cool, like, walk in in paradise with you today. And Jesus, I just want to thank you for that. And I want to thank you, God, for how you're moving here and what you're doing. And how, 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 God, even in that, there's a peace. And we say fresh wind, breath of God, blow in this place. Uh, let, let the things that have to be done with happy days just be a, a beautiful thing of peace. Let your breath just blow upon it. And God, with, with all of the missionaries that the journey supports, that the journey uh, just rallies around uh, for the team here that's supporting them, God, I just pray that, that it would be easy and light. And then God, I'm so thankful just for your reminder of your word today and how powerful it is. And how beautiful it is. Reminded about Jesus, about how uh, Ezekiel, in one moment you told him, see this scroll, eat it. And he ate the scroll, and it said it was like, it was sweet to his stomach. God, I just ask that you would forgive us if we neglect the law of God, the word of God, would you just forgive us? God, we just repent right now. Because Lord, in it is the power of the gospel. In it is is bread from heaven each and every day. In it is a plumb line for our lives. Something to keep us centered. Because in it we see you, we hear you, we hear your whisper. Sometimes we hear your shout. Sometimes it just comforts, other times it corrects. And God, I'm thankful for for, um, how your word of God not only can impact us personally, but Lord, we we pray for the day that it impacts us corporately. And God, I even pray that there's a move of of your spirit that would create a hunger for, for us as a people that says, give me the word of God. That's what I see more than anything else in the Scripture, God—a hunger that is birthed from the Spirit of God that says, "God, give it, give it to me, Lord." I pray that the Word of God would be on our lips, that it would be upon our foreheads, that God, I. I, I that even from this morning that we would take even, even the Old Testament notion of writing the Scripture on the door frames of our house so it's in front of us, it's behind us, it's beside us, it's in us, it's through us, uh, so our kids talk about it. God, I pray that there's, there's a release of your Spirit to the Word of God being released in families this morning, uh, that, that artists in the room will start painting Scripture like never before, God, we just humbly say, look, we may not understand it all, but we submit ourselves to it because we, we know you. And just as we sang this morning, you are faithful. And your promise still stands. You're always going to be faithful. And, and there's nowhere else that we understand your faithfulness and see your faithfulness from when we look back and we read Genesis through Revelation. And we look forward to the faithfulness of Jesus coming again. So we love you. God, I pray a blessing over this congregation this morning that they would go in peace in this day and in this hour, and that they would go, God, with a renewed sense of a hunger spurred up once again for the word of God. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.